0: it's sports live what a quote Jerry Maguire, show me the money the Panthers <laughs> have reportedly done just that to try and keep franchise piece Brian Burns in black and blue tonight. The new Agent Zero also getting some love across the league. And with that, we welcome you inside Charlotte Sports Live on this wonderful Saturday night. She's Grace Grill. I'm Gabe McDonald. Appreciate you joining us tonight. And Grace, a quiet weekend for most of, most of us around the QC.
1: Definitely in the dog days of summer, as we've been sitting around here. But we still have plenty to talk about. We will fill you in on the Panthers news involving Spidey Brian Burns. Plus, the Hornets wrap up Summer League in Vegas. But we start north of the border tonight in Montreal. Charlotte FC visiting Montreal trying to break a five-game draw streak. The Crown hasn't had a win since late May, but still very much in the playoff mix. Christian Latanzio looking for any advantage to get this team three points. Let's head to the 29th minute. Montreal quick on offense. Their first shot is saved by Kalina, but he's not able to corral the ball. Montreal doesn't miss on its second try off the deflection. Their first goal in five matches, and the good guys are down one. Just two minutes later, things go from bad to worse. The full field pass creates a one-on-one matchup in Charlotte's box. Kalina, once again, can't make the save. It's now 2-0, and that's how this match ends. Charlotte ends its draw streak, but not with the result that fans wanted.
2: I think that there is a lot of energy in the guys here. There is uh, more to come. And I know is. I will take. I want. I will take the criticism. You can criticize me, and then the 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 club will decide what they want. But uh, I want to keep the players uh, away from that, and I want them to to keep working hard.
1: Okay. So the concerning thing here for me mm-hmm. was normally in these in this five game streak of draws is that we've seen them get the opportunities and then not be able to capitalize on it. I felt that was different tonight, yeah. and that Montreal controlled much of this, and it wasn't really—it wasn't that's really the thing That
0: we've seen recently is like you know, at least in those earlier matches, they would have some of that control. Where they would get out during early lead, but I think the big thing tonight, the defense, still a little sloppy there on the back end. But yeah. you got to at least—you got to wonder if is this a coaching thing? Is there no internal motivation? Like at this point, there should be a lot of questions, I think, because. You haven't won in almost two months now.
1: And I know there's moving pieces. Like, they they, they added, you know, they're going to add Scott Arfield right. in here a little bit, too. So, that kind of helps when you're talking about creating chemistry out there on the pitch. But when you have a plan, it should it should remain the same. and should, You should be able to right. plug and play, and that's concerning. The other thing I will say is that you also put Kalina in a really tough spot. Exactly. And I will say, like, yeah, some of those tough bounces on the goal. But him being able to make that final save in the 88th minute when they're already down two. Says a lot too. Yeah,
0: and that's the thing that you want to see, even in defeat and the draws that we've seen. You want to see that guy still playing hard through the final whistle of the match and kind of having that motivation as well. So that's hopefully we got two league cup games and then back to regular season action. And I just
1: feel like they they. They punch themselves, or they kick themselves in the foot sometimes with with how they score back-to-back, letting them score that close. Yeah.
0: Well, how about a little Summer League action? The Hornets playing their final game out in Vegas and still searching for their first win. They were 0-4 entering today against Minnesota. No Brandon Miller, no Nick Smith Jr., no James Booknight. But hey, no problem. Charlotte cooking from three in the first half, making nine of their first 18 attempts. They'd make 13 total from three-point land today in this game. Late second quarter, the newly signed rookie, Amari Bailey, out of UCLA, coming up here with the step-back J from 22 feet out. He would lead all scores with 17 points. And now, moving to the third, how about the other second-round pick, James Nashi with the baby hook, looking like Kareem out there. We see a young fella Najee with 10 points to go with four boards and five blocks. And yeah, this one was never in doubt. The Hornets with a much-needed dub, 109-92, ending summer league play on a strong note. So that's obviously the result. Did you want to see as you leave Vegas? Of course, both teams are probably displaying the B and C team at this point, so you can't really take too much away from it. But my thing from summer league play, I wish we would have seen a little bit more development as a whole because some of these other organizations, like Kyle Bailey said on our show yesterday, they use it as that period to really kind of build the foundation. I don't really think we saw that with the Hornets.
1: I don't know about you guys watching at home, but I needed a roster for this one. I was like, (laughs) who's on the court? Whose number is this? I was just like, it's Summer League. That's the epitome of Summer League. The one thing that we've been critical of is that, like you said, you would have liked to see more development, but there has been no structure, no flow. I thought today was the best effort of that. I mean, what do they have, 30, 35 assists? I mean, that just naturally adds more flow to the game. You're not seeing these one plays down the court. That's the thing
0: that we've seen a lot, too. It seems like there's pretty much five games of one on one going on at the time and that's really not what you want to see a lot out of these young guys so hopefully they can take a little bit away from this to kind of build into training camp and then go into the season
1: six players in double figures too you like to see that yeah. well we are just 11 days away from training camp in spartanburg that's the official practice going july 26th and charlotte sports live will be down there even sooner Join us from Wofford College every night starting next Sunday. We'll have exclusive interviews and content leading up to preseason game number one against the Jets. Hey, and don't be surprised if Brian Burns and the Panthers reach a deal on a contract extension before training camp even begins. Darren Gant of Panthers.com reports that Carolina has made an offer to their star, Edge Rusher. Burns is still under contract for one more season meanwhile Spidey burns as we call him getting more love across the league this weekend good morning football has burns on its all underrated squad saying he and the rest of the defense didn't really get the respect they deserved last season what say you gave McDonald
0: I think he's I think he's a, a little bit underrated as well and I think there's a lot of guys on the defense as well because when that defense is really what kept them in a lot of these games and almost had them in the playoffs last year. Now, if you're looking at maybe some other underrated players, you look at Frankie Louvre, who had an incredible Absolutely. year, and I think now he's going to get a lot of the respect he deserves. But even I got to show love to Sam Franklin, guy on special teams, on the Pro Bowl ballot, almost made it to the Pro Bowl. Really, kind of that heart and soul of that unit on special teams. I
1: also think the Panthers have a lot of guys that are gone that have flown under the radar. This season, I mean, starting th- that still have to prove themselves. Right. I want to say like a Jonathan Mingo, I'm yeah. really excited to see him. I mean, 30, what did we get him? 39? Yeah, 39, Yeah. 39 in the draft and highly, highly praised by Steve Smith Jr. Who was kind of the reason that the Panthers drafted him. I'm excited to see guys like that have more of an impact than maybe they are expected to.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I think there's some other guys too. It's like you kind of look at, obviously he's started, but still Austin Corbett, kind of the guy on the offensive line that maybe isn't talked about as much. We talked about Bradley Bozeman. Taylor Moten being the, obviously yeah. the veteran of the group. Ikea Kwan, who I think is going to have a great career, like most people think as well. But I think this year you're really going to see a lot of those guys step up because, like we talked about yesterday, you got some guys who are trying to get some big paydays too.
1: Well, you mentioned Frankie Luvu Yeah. he's He's got to be, outside of Brian Burns maybe, one of the guys that is most underrated. I, I would oh, add absolutely. him on that list. I think he was, what, 15th among 54 yeah. linebackers, an overall grade of, of those that took 600 snaps in the league last, last year. So a monster for a,
0: season. Hopefully he can yeah. build off of it as well. we got to talk NASCAR, of course, and Cup Series qualifying was this afternoon at New Hampshire Motor Speedway. It was a rough day for Kyle Busch in the number eight. First, he hits the wall in practice, then follows it up by spinning out and qualifying. His back bumper making contact here with the wall. And despite all of that, he's still going to start in 10th. For tomorrow's race, Christopher Bell having a day of his own. The number 20 car speeding to the best lap in qualifying. to claim tomorrow's top spot in the Crayon 300. It's Bell's fifth career pole in the Cup Series. And joining Bell on the front row is Joe Gibbs Racing teammate Martin Truex Jr. Then there's a trio of Fords rounding out the top five. Eric Almirola, Joey Logano, and Ryan Blaine. The green flag drops tomorrow just after 230
1: All right, staying on the track, it was a wild race today in the Xfinity Series. We got a little bit of everything in the Am Better Health 200. Let's start on lap 70 in Stage 2. This is off the restart, John Hunter Ninchek and Chandler Smith in the lead, and they both hesitate, causing nearly the whole grid to stack up. Lots of contact made, and a pileup causes the caution flag to be waved. All right, four laps to go. Again, off the restart, Ninchek controls the lead. Sammy Smith turns into Sam Mayer, who makes contact with multiple cars and – we get another caution. Now in overtime, two laps to go. Nimczak off the restart has a great jump to control the lead. Cole Custer turns Sheldon Creed coming around turn four. Both drivers spin out causing a wreck. The caution comes out and that means that that race is over. John Hunter Nimczak gets the win his fourth of the season.
2: Man, I am so proud of this whole 20 team, everyone at Joe Gibbs Racing. Um, just thankful for the opportunity. Thank you, Jack Irving, Tyler Gibbs, David Wilson, uh, so many people at Toyota, um, the whole Gibbs family. Joe Gibbs, uh wish Coy was here to celebrate with us. Uh, he was a huge advocate for this to happen this year, and can't thank him enough, but uh, man, Purcell Pro Clean, this thing looked clean on the racetrack today.
1: How about this? Bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. The Savannah Bananas took over Kannapolis this week, and they had a much larger impact than just putting smiles on fans' faces. That's just ahead.
0: The Atlanta Braves going for their 12th consecutive series wins today. We got those highlights on deck from the ATL.
1: And we are trying something new here on CSL, fun little segment. We're calling it CSL Trivia. And since this is our first question, we will ask you this. Who was the Carolina Panthers' very first draft pick?
0: spoiler alert, do you guys think on that? And we'll have the answer for you at the end of the show. You're watching Charlotte Sports Live. We'll be back in two minutes. On CSL, the Braves back in action, looking to clinch their series against the Chicago White Sox. And it was a fella from Southside starting strong. Top three, two on for Luis Robert Jr. He pops one up to left, but Eddie Rosario can't make the play. So that brings in both base runners. The White Sox with the early three-run lead over the Braves. In Atlanta, they would rally in the bottom of the frame. Ronald Acuna Jr. continuing his strong season. Pressures one way deep to center off Lance Lynn. That's a two-run shot, and it ties the game at three. And it gives Acuna 22 home runs this year. We move to the sixth game tied up at four. Now Jake Berger at the dish for the White Sox. He takes Spencer Strider deep for that solo go-ahead homer. That's his 20th of the 2023 campaign. And just like that, Chicago regains the lead and they go up five to four. But the Braves, they weren't done just yet. Bottom nine Atlanta trailing by two and it's Acuna coming through once again. Goes yard to right to bring his squad within one. But the Braves couldn't complete the comeback. They fall to the White Sox six to five. Game three coming up tomorrow.
1: Mm. All right, the Charlotte Knights in the Lehigh Valley this weekend, taking on the Iron Pigs. And this is the only highlight tonight that we have, and it does not favor the Knights. Neither does the final score. Charlotte drops game two of the series for nothing. They'll play the third and final game of the series tomorrow before coming back home. Meanwhile, we got two crazy nights of baseball this week thanks to the TikTok and world-famous Savannah Bananas.
0: Yeah, the world-famous baseball team making their second appearance in Kannapolis on Wednesday night, and Queen City News anchor Robin Kennedy reports it was another sellout crowd and a big economic boost.
2: It's pretty hard to steal the show from the Savannah Bananas. Bell, by a fan, and that's your ballgame! But 15-year-old Kamani Faggart from Concord managed to save the best for last.
1: I wasn't paying attention to that bat at the moment. And I heard the the ball hit off the bat. And I just looked and saw the ball coming our way. And I was like, watch out.
2: Kamani snagged the foul ball in front of a huge crowd and all of his baseball teammates from Winkler Middle School, helping the Savannah Bananas get the final out to win the game.
0: And the entire team going up swarm the fan that is
1: why you bring your club to a ball game game entered by the fans the bananas what it by one. are you kidding me look at our
2: hero tonight
1: it was fun because he we all ran out there congratulating me giving high fives hugs everything
2: the savannah bananas is selling out the cannapolis cannon bowlers stadium two nights in a row but the team has been more than just a hit on the field. It's
0: probably. At least double, if not triple what we would typically see on a Tuesday evening.
2: Lingafelt, co-owner of Old Armor Beer Company, says the Bananas game Tuesday had the biggest impact on his business of any event at the ballpark since the stadium's opening two years ago.
0: We were seeing people as far as, you know, South Charlotte and other, other parts of the state coming in that. Probably had no idea Kannapolis was even on the map.
2: It's not the hometown team, but Kamani says they definitely made him feel like he's one of them.
0: The whole team ran over to me, brought me down, and then we ran out to the uh, mound. It's just amazing. And the first time they played here, so he's made a little history.
2: Robin Kennedy, Queen City News.
0: Stuff like that, yes. Obviously our topic now is are the bananas good for baseball. Because of that, absolutely. I mean... You don't see that in any other sport. I mean, just to have that fanfare, to have the economy get that kind of boost, I love it. I know you're a baseball purist, but. I, 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 lo- I, I love it.
1: this isn't this t- this isn't baseball right and I'm actually <laughs> glad that I got this assignment because when I I remember like years ago when the bananas first came on the map and everybody like I, I didn't know what it was and I was just like yeah. what the heck is this the baseball purist in me <laughs> but it's totally different like it literally is the modern day circus yeah. based around the game of baseball and I think it's just fun if it introduces new people to baseball We should probably tell them the real rules of baseball, but I I think it is fun. And I talked to Jesse Cole Mm -hmm. out there about this. He's the owner of the Bananas. Um, He actually played college ball here at Wofford College. Um, But... That was his whole goal, right? Yeah. Is that he just wanted people to enjoy the joy the game. So, I mean, I'm cool with it, but it's it's just it's not real it. baseball.
0: We need, we need b- more bananas in baseball. Well, let's move on to some major <laughs> MLS news. It's officially official in South Beach Enter Miami CF today announcing the signing of World Cup champion Lionel Messi. The club releasing this video on social media. Messi will occupy a designated player slot and is expected to join the team in the coming days. His contract runs through the 2025 season. And the high school football season is just around the corner. And coming up, we check in with a few of our local teams who are preparing for big seasons.
1: And have you figured out our CSL trivia question yet? You better not Google it, because that is cheating. Our question was, who was the Panthers' very first draft pick? We will have the answer for you later. You're watching Charlotte Sports Live. We'll be right back. The high school football season will be here before you know it. Mark your calendars for August 19th. That's the Turf Kings Charlotte Invitational and will feature three games that day with teams from across both North and South Carolina, including five in our viewing area. Huff, West Charlotte, Palisades, Charlotte Christian, and Myers Park will hit the field at Memorial Stadium to kick off the 2023 season. And that is just one of many kickoff classics that we will have across the Queen City to kick off the high school football season. Another being Charlotte kickoff night, which is set for August 17th at Memorial Stadium. And
0: of course, we can't forget the big one, the inaugural keep-pounding classic at Bank of America Stadium. The first time we'll ever have high school football at the bank, and it'll see two local powerhouses in Providence State and Northwestern from Rock Hill, go head-to-head. And speaking of the charges, everybody will be gunning for them this season as they are coming off their second straight Division I state title. Being the hunted as opposed to the hunter is a role that Chad Greer's squad is used to by now. And it helps to have future Division I talent all across the board. And it all starts with five-star quarterback and Michigan commit, Jaden Davis, who was last year's Gatorade Player of the Year. And then you have NC State commit, Brody Barnhart, will hold things down at safety. You know, yeah, they have the number one junior in the entire country in Lyman David Sanders. The kid is a big fella, as you can see right here. But for this squad to stay on top of the mountain, they can't let complacency get in the way this team isn't last year's team. I mean, there's, there's certain pieces um, to this team that we didn't have last year, and there's certain pieces of last year's team that we don't have this year. So just keeping an even kill mindset, you know, Coach Greer is our coach. He won't let us, uh, you know, get the big head or anything like that. And knowing that, you know, all this pre preseason hype is cool and all, um, but, you know, it, it really comes down to how we perform on Friday nights. They compete
2: with each other first and foremost. Energy's been great. Participation's been great. Um, we've been able to go out and compete in some high-level tournaments, see some you know, great competition across the Carolinas. And, um, done really well, so man, I think we're, we're on the right path. We got some work to do, we're on the right path.
1: All right, meanwhile, Weddington got a taste of the postseason last year, falling in the state semifinals to Grimsley. But this season, the Warriors want more. They'll rely heavily on senior quarterback Tyler Budge, who won the starting job last summer. This summer, he's focusing on building chemistry with his new core of receivers. Weddington lost its first five receivers from last season, but the offense does get a nice boost with the addition of Keenan Jackson, who transfers in from Cuffington.
0: We kind of figured out who we kind of were halfway through the year and on and, and we have a lot of pieces coming back for this year you know anytime quarterbacks back you feel really good for starting offensive linemen are back uh, you know a couple secondary guys are back and, and uh we're really young in the front seven too so uh to have a bunch of talent in the front seven and be young i think good for us this year also the future and over at Myers Park, change is something the Mustangs know well. Chris James took over the program in February and is the team's fifth head coach in the last five seasons. At Myers Park, they have a senior-laden bunch led by the likes of Wendell Thompson, a quarterback, Bart in the secondary, and drive receiver and running back, Jahari McDonald. Then you have Marvin Ridge, transfer Brody Keith, who will be a big-time weapon as he already has multiple Power 5 offers, including Georgia and Ohio State. And a quality staff that includes the likes of this man, former Panther captain Munderland, will be instrumental in getting this program back on track. We're trying to prove something, you know, being 3-7 and last year, you know, we're trying to turn that around. I think being Charlotte Christian, our first game at Memorial Stadium, we're trying, to, we're trying to prove ourselves, trying to show that we're playoff ready. We got some seniors in some key spots that have played some meaningful football, and then we're going to have some young guys that haven't played, and their first time stepping on the field will be downtown Charlotte, so it'll be exciting for me. Probably be wide-eyed, but uh, I think they'll be ready to go.
1: All right, Steph Curry may have four NBA championships, but we have never seen him more excited than we did on the golf course today. We will tell you why, or show you why. Coming up next, we've got some QC crowns to hand out. We'll see you in two.
0: Back here on CSL to hand out our nightly MVPs, our QC crowns. Grace, you're up first, who you got tonight?
1: All right, mine's going to Zach Remillard. He's playing for the bad guys this weekend against the Braves, but check out this play he made last night. Just slides for it, comes all the way over. So that's the defense, but get this, he's also hitting 313 through his 22 games in the show. Remember, he got called up a couple months ago. It's a small sample size, but hey, if you're hitting over 300 and the bigs are doing something right former knight coastal product got to give him some love
0: hey shots up my guy zach Rimelard. all right my crown going out to charlotte's native son steph curry who continues (laughs) to impress in so many ways today at the american century championship in lake tahoe does the unthinkable chef curry draining a 152 yard (laughs) hole in one on the seventh hole the Ed Wood Resort. Just look at the reaction. I'd have that same reaction if I hit a home one. He's the first player to ever record an ace on that hole in the history of the AC Championship. Celebration might even be worth the crown itself.
1: I know. He just looks like a little kid. It's awesome. But hey, we got to get to our trivia answer. So we asked you, who was the Panthers' first ever draft pick? The answer? Kerry Collins. They mm-hmm. took him fifth overall in 1995. He would defeat every NFL team except the Miami Dolphins during his career and threw for over 200 touchdowns. So, you
0: all fun got fact that for you. For Grace Grill, I'm Gabe McDonald. We'll do it again tomorrow night for an hour. We'll see you guys tomorrow night. Let's see you guys good night.